to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Mark Gross, and he has provided cost segregation services for property owners nationwide since 2010. His projects include multifamily apartments, single tenant, triple net leases, industrial, retail, hotels, and offices. His previous background is in upper management overseeing supply chain and operations for large manufacturers and a retail chain. So Mark, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. So Mark, can you share a little bit more about your background and your area of focus today, please? Yeah, my background, as you indicated, has been in business and in management, primarily overseeing the different operations and things of that nature. Then I took a transition into the real estate field some years back, and I became familiar with cost segregation. And I thought this is just an awesome opportunity to be able to save people money. So I jumped into that and haven't looked back. So Mark, let's start off with the basics a little bit on, on cost segregation itself, what it is, and how are real estate investors able to apply cost segregation to what they're doing in real estate? Sure. When someone buys a property, what a CPA will do is take a look at the acquisition cost and subtract the land, and the balance is going to be depreciated straight line method. For most property types, it's going to be a 39-year straight line depreciation. But for residential properties, it's going to be 27 and a half years. So that's what a CPA will typically do. What we do is provide an alternative to that, and that's what cost segregation is. And this is all part of the IRS tax code. It's not something we've made up, and we've been doing these studies for over 20 years now. What it basically does is to identify what are the components within the property that can be depreciated faster. So, for instance, your carpeting is going to be a five-year property, your parking lot a 15-year property. And then with something called bonus depreciation, that allows you to depreciate the lion's share of the first year of acquisition. Are there limitations to what kind of properties, like in terms of age or condition, that you're able to apply a cost segregation study to? It's more indicative as far as what the size of the property is. The age of it is immaterial. It has to do with when it was acquired. If something was acquired maybe 15, 20, 25 years ago, then that's probably not a good candidate because the lion's share of the depreciation has already occurred with the straight line method. But let's say it's an old property and someone has just acquired it, they can start day one on that. So if they were to do a cost segregation and then sell that property in five years, the new owner can do it again. So the age of the property is immaterial. Uh, As far as the condition of the property, all we look for are properties that are at least $250,000 or greater, excluding the land value, because again, you can't depreciate the land. And then another reason why it may not work is let's say someone is planning on selling that property within a year or two. It's usually, say, between four, three, or five years. There's something called a recapture tax, and it may not be advantageous to do it. It can really be applied to any property type. What 
is involved in the cost segregation study? I know you mentioned that most properties, typically they'll do a straight line depreciation, but how is cost segregation calculated and what are the different ways that you determine what's able to depreciate and how do you calculate that? Sure. The first thing, which is paramount, and that is that we only do the gold standard of cost segregation, which is a physical site visit. We know that by having boots on the ground throughout the country, being able to do a site visit for every single property and taking hundreds of photographs, we're able to provide the maximum amount of depreciation and therefore tax savings. So that's the paramount part of it. And what was the second part of your question? And how are you able to calculate how much depreciation between each of the different items within that property? Sure. What our engineers will do, and we have dozens of engineers that do these studies, they will look at all the photographs from the site visit. They'll look at other materials that may be available. It might be the OM, the offering memorandum for the property, the appraisal, any blueprints, site surveys, things of that nature. And with all that type of information, they'll be able to identify what are the exact parts of the property that can be depreciated faster. So, for instance, let's say you have to take a picture that shows a security camera. They're going to zoom in on that particular one and what is the make and model of that, what is the exact cost of that. So it's a very exhaustive process. It takes weeks for them to go through that process and identify, you know, what are the things that can be depreciated faster. And it's not something that we make up. This is all based on the IRS tax rules and regulations. So it's very clear with the IRS as far as what is the class life's for specific types of property. So in total, how long does a typical cost segregation study take from start to finish? It typically takes between four to six weeks and it may get extended to eight weeks during our very busy pre-tax period. And that could be in the March to April time period. And then also with tax extensions that are going on now because some people file extensions and those are due in September and October. So four to six and sometimes up to eight weeks. If you've already purchased a property and say you're already a year or two years and you've typically been doing a straight line depreciation and now you've heard about a cost segregation study, are you able to retroactively apply a cost segregation study to those property that you already own or how does that work? Yes, we do that on a regular basis. And one thing I would like to indicate first is that what we do is we will provide free of charge a preliminary analysis for a client. So let's say they acquired something a year or two ago. We have a questionnaire which will say, how much did you pay for the property? What's your tax rate? And things of that nature. And with that information, we'll be able to provide a free preliminary analysis of estimated savings for that client. What if you're also in a renovation phase also and you're utilizing like your capital expenditures? Can cost segregation also be applied to your capital expenditures that you're implementing into the property itself? Yes, absolutely. And if I could just circle back for one question in regards to a property that someone's acquired in previous tax years, if you've already filed, you've already done a straight line depreciation and now you're going to be doing accelerated depreciation or cost segregation, there's something called a Form 3115, which identifies the IRS that I used to do straight line depreciation, but now I'm going to be doing accelerated depreciation. So that's something that we will provide for our clients as well. 
I mean, as far as renovations are concerned, that's one of the things, let's say someone's buying a multifamily and it's a class C and they want to improve it to a class B property. What we'll do is we'll ask for the spreadsheet as far as all the expenditures that they're going to be doing, take photographs of the before and after that as well, and then be able to do a separate analysis on what the renovation savings would be for that. Because not everybody's aware of the fact that all the costs associated with that the removal and disposal costs and all that can help with accelerated depreciation on those aspects of it as well. So during the renovation period, are you able to do cost segregation study in the middle of the renovation period? Or are you waiting until after all the renovations have been completed before you're able to or implement a cost segregation study? We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Great question. The answer is it depends. Depends on what time of year that it's done. Let's say that somebody acquires a property in January. They don't need that cost segregation study until the following tax year, and they're planning on doing all the renovations that year. We can go ahead and we can do the acquisition portion of the cost segregation and a renovation and have that all completed if they get it done before the end of that calendar year for the next tax year. But then frequently I have clients that will, it's not usually that simple. They'll buy maybe at the end of one year or maybe the middle of the year, and it might go over from one calendar year to the next. So what we'll do is we'll have to customize what our approach will be for each scenario. So it depends. So we'll typically do is the analysis for the acquisition and then the renovations separately. But again, depends on when it occurs in the calendar year. And does it matter whether or not the property is being held as an LLC, a partnership, or as an individual to be able to do a cost segregation study? Or are there any variations between how the property is being held? The answer to that, again, it depends on the unique circumstance. What I typically like to tell people is to talk to their tax counsel to find out what their exact scenario is because I don't want to put out there a blanket statement and say if that's going to apply to every particular situation. I will mention the fact that there's a gold standard out there, and that is if you can be classified as a real estate professional and you work at least 750 hours a year as a bona fide real estate professional without having a W-2 as well, because if you file as a W-2 and also as a real estate professional, that's going to be a red flag for to be audited by the IRS because that's very difficult to substantiate. So it can apply in all those different situations. It can also help with someone who's an LP or a limited partner in it as well, but could be some limitations to that. Again, depending upon what their unique situation is, if they have a W-2, and are truly passive and not maturely participating in it, then typically their write-offs can only go against whatever passive income they have with that. 
But like, for instance, I worked with one example is a high W-2 surgeon on the East Coast. In talking with him about the various properties that he owns across the country, I found out that his wife is a real estate professional. So what's interesting about that is that the deductions can not only go against whatever the income is on those properties, but also against his W-2 income. So again, what I would suggest people to do is to go and talk to their tax counsel to find out what their unique circumstances are. So what would be the disadvantages of not doing a cost segregation versus like more of the advantages of actually doing a cost segregation? Well, there's some people that maybe have a lot of loss carry forward from previous years from other deductions. So let's say you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in a loss carry forward. And if you were to get an additional deduction from that, it may not be beneficial for you. But if you're in a situation where it meets the criteria that I discussed before, and that is at least $250,000 or greater, the cost of the property excluding the land, you're not planning on selling it within the next three to five years, and you're paying taxes, then you really should do it because otherwise you're leaving money on the table. And so, Mark, does the cost segregation impact anything to do with when you're looking to resell or when you're looking for financing or lending options when you're ready to exit the property? That should have no negative effect on it as well. Sometimes people will say, well, if I go ahead and I show a loss through the depreciation, is that something that the banker or lender is going to look at negatively? Well, no, because they understand they look at EBITDA and have one portion of that as depreciation and they'll just put the depreciation back in as far as your income. So no, it will not negatively impact that. Okay. So also earlier, we had touched a little bit on bonus depreciation. Can you go into a little bit more details about bonus depreciation and how that impacts real estate investors as well and how it goes hand in hand with cost segregation? Sure. First of all, I'll just give you a little bit of a history of it. Bonus depreciation for new acquisitions came about as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act at the end of 2017. And what it indicated is that anybody who were to buy a property that the first year you can depreciate 100% anything which has a less than 20-year life. So that there's still going to be portions of the property that are going to be straight-line depreciated. However, basically, instead of when I indicated that before you have your carpeting of five-year and your parking lot of 15, you're able to, instead of doing depreciating those over five and 15 years, you could do 100% of that in year one. Now, when they put that into place, it was uh, had a sunset on it so that the last part of 100% bonus depreciation was December 2022. And then for calendar year 2023, it goes to 80%. And then with subsequent reductions of 20% a year until it goes back to zero. However, we know right now that in Washington, D.C., and the Ways and Means Committee, that there's a bill in place right now where they're trying to resurrect bonus depreciation. So it would be retroactive to 100% 2023, January 2023, and all the way through to December of 2025. Now, again, that's in the works. We don't know whether that's going to actually materialize or not. But we think it probably will because there's people on both sides of the aisle politically in Washington, D.C. who own real estate personally and see the the value of this. So we suspect this probably going to come back in one form or another, but stay tuned to see. 
Are there any other changes in the laws and regulations regarding this issue? Not as far as I'm aware of. And then also in terms of the cost segregation aspect of, well, do we see anything changing down the road from your perspective? No. In fact, when I asked our management about proposals right now, they're basically are not committal about it. It's like, well, whenever things actually get finalized with the IRS, then we're going to act accordingly. We can speculate day and night on what may or may not happen, but until something actually does happen, we just have to wait and see. But we'll be assured that what we'll do is whatever is according to the current tax rules with IRS. So, Mark, all the people that you've been working with and all the different people that you've come across in real estate as well who've utilized cost segregation, have you seen people doing it a more optimal way versus a less optimal way? And what are some of the biggest mistakes that people tend to make as utilizing a cost segregation specialist as well? I'd say one of the biggest things is maybe not doing it because, like I said before, you're leaving money on the table. Another issue is procrastinating and waiting too long. Like, for instance, now I'm getting people that who bought properties in 2022 who are on tax extension, and they need to have those studies done. Well, the window of opportunity is closing on that. And just even today, I got another request for one for that time period. It's like, don't hesitate on this and wait too long, because then what happens, it takes, we're very busy taking, getting the studies completed. The CPAs don't want to have that study the day before the taxes are due. They want to be able to have some time to go through it. So I think procrastination and actually not doing it are the biggest issues that I see. So can you walk us through the process of from start to finish? So once someone decides they want to do a cost segregation study, they'll utilize a company like yourself, and then it'll take between six to eight weeks, I believe you said earlier, to complete the study. And then from there, what happens? Yeah, just to circle back a little bit, what we'll do is we will provide a free preliminary analysis based on the tens of thousands of studies that we've done and looking at the property type. Let's say it's a multifamily, it's 100 units, it's got X number of parking spaces and things of that nature. We'll come back with a free preliminary analysis of what the estimated savings are going to be and what the cost of study will be. When this actual study is completed, The actual savings are greater than that over 90% of the time because our estimate is conservative. Once we get that information, what we'll do, and half of our fee is due up front, and then there will be a site visit. As I indicated previously, there's an actual physical site visit for every single one of our studies. And all those photographs then go to the engineers. They'll review all the documentation that we have in regards to that property and then go through that analysis. And then within, like you indicated, six to eight weeks, the study will be completed and we will provide that information to the client and to their CPA so they can apply that to the tax return. Awesome. Mark, is there anything else about cost segregation that people tend to overlook as they're working with specialists and with their CPA as well? One thing I think there's a misconception that maybe since land can't be depreciated, that there's certain property types such as a golf course or maybe a mobile home park or RV park or something like that, or maybe it's not advantageous to take a look at it. Well, what's interesting about that is actually like a mobile home park, that's got some huge 
savings there because of all the, the infrastructure that you could potentially depreciate. And then as far as a golf course, you say, well, how can you do that? Because you have land, you can't depreciate land. Well, they're typically going to have a parking lot, they're going to have a clubhouse, or going to be other elements of that property that can be depreciated as well. So when people approach me and they'll say, well, I don't know whether or not I can benefit from this or not, I say, well, let us provide with you a free preliminary analysis. That way you'll see conservative estimate of what the anticipated savings would be. And that way you'll know for sure. Awesome. Mark, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Well, you can always check me out on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. I have a lot of contacts. Also, my uh, email is markgross at costsegregationservices.com. And also my website is mark.com. Mark Gross, rather, dot costsegregation.com and contact me those ways. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.